Well, good morning, y'all. Hey, good morning. Uh, we are uh, wrapping up a um, series that we've called Journey, and we've been describing this as it's something more than just a series. It's really, um, as we describe it, a roadmap of engagement to help you take your next steps in living out an authentic faith in the way that God designed us to live. And the big idea is that if we have any hope of growing spiritually, then we need to, A, find our people, find people that you can have around you that are going to help you grow, and B, that you're going to find your purpose, something that drives you in your life that goes beyond the superficiality of this world. And specifically, we have identified four areas in the Bible that we think are kind of the foundations of spiritual growth, and there's a lot more spiritual growth than just these four, but the foundational ones are um, serving others in a meaningful way, getting grouped, but we were created to do life in community and grow spiritually in community, show up, being committed to a church community, and today we've saved the best for last because everybody loves a good giving sermon, right? Um, and it's the idea of give generously. And the question is, how can we get freed up from the golden handcuffs of materialism that are designed to keep us tied to this world? You know, I think as we look at the topic of giving, it really is bigger than just giving. It really gets down to the core of of who we are. And I, I think that We are all looking for meaning in our lives. We all want to be part of something bigger, something that we can invest in that goes beyond our lifetime. But I don't know whether it's that we just don't know how or we don't want to do the work that it takes to actually invest in something that makes the kind of radical commitment to have that uh, real sense of purpose. But whatever it is, the sad thing is that many of us live out our lives without ever figuring out our purpose, and we come to the end of our lives without having that sense that our life had meaning that was beyond just the daily grind. And instead, I think what happens is we tend to get this like tunnel vision, and we only see what's right there in front of us. And I, I describe it as we get into this protectionistic bunker mentality, where we make a decision, whether it's conscious or unconscious, and we make a stand and we say, I'm going to take care of me and mine, and and that's all I'm going to worry about, and that's all I'm going to deal with, and that's what our life becomes about, instead of living our lives for something bigger, a bigger meaning, our life becomes all about just surviving the daily grind getting the job done, and holding on tight to all the wrong stuff just in case we live to the ripe old age of 95 or whatever so that we don't run out of money, right? But that's really what what we're talking about in Journey. It's really helping every one of us um, take the next step of being freed up from all the stuff that holds us back from living the life that God designed us to live. Jesus' take on it is this, Matthew 6. 
Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust will destroy or thieves may break in and steal. Instead, invest in the treasures of heaven where moth and rust cannot corrode and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, wherever your time commitment is, wherever you open your calendar up and you see what the priorities in your life are, wherever it is that your focus is, there will your heart be also. I think Jesus is making a a really important point here. That when you peel away the layers of your life and you get down to the core of who you really are, what are you left with? What is at the very heart of what makes you tick? What drives you? What are you holding on to so tightly that you just don't want to let go? What are we investing our lives in? And whatever that is that we're investing our lives in, is it really worth it? Is it something that it's worth investing our lives in? Is it something that lasts beyond the realms of this world? God desires that we invest our lives in things that are eternal, not the temporary. In other words, investing in things that have a lasting value, that have real meaning. I have to admit that this is a uh, tough topic for me because I am an owner in a real estate investment firm, and to be honest with you, I like to make money. I, I would hate it if I invest in deals that weren't profitable. And I'm constantly trying to drive profit to the bottom line. That's one of the things that I do in my life. But I think the real question is, when you peel away the layers of my life and you kind of get down to who I really am, am I really just about driving profits and making money and building wealth and accumulating all I can before I die. While there's times I lose my perspective, I think, to be honest with you, for the most part, I sure hope not. While I can have fun doing deals and making money, I can honestly say that I have way more fun taking the money that God has blessed me with and using it in such a way that I can make a difference. Like literally when I'm making money, I'm calculating what I can do to make a difference in particular areas. And so that's why Shelby and I are so invested here at Westridge and in Nicaragua and in Ukraine. And we invest in things that have real meaning and we are committed to investing in the stuff of Jesus. And that's where this idea of giving comes in. The offering time that we have every Sunday I think, keeps our hearts in check as to where our heart is. It's a weekly reminder that all that we work so hard for every single day will not last. That everything that we work to accumulate throughout our lives at the end will have no value. And so it's God's desire that when we give, that we give cheerfully and we give freely without guilt or obligation. I like to refer to the offering time as 
the weekly practice of the letting go of this world. Every time we drop our offering into the bag or we push that button on text to give or online giving, we are letting go of another little piece of this world. And that's why Shelby and I have committed to an amount, and we've had through the years, we've had to grow into this, that what we're giving is actually sacrificial, where we're giving an amount that's meaningful to us and not just something that we give just because it's a large amount or whatever, but it's an actual sacrifice and meaning that when we give it, that there leaves a hole in our bank account and we feel it. And we know that we can give that money with a sense of joy because we know that what we're giving is making a difference. And because of that, we love giving. We're cheerful in our giving. And that's why I say every week, if if you aren't at a place in your life where your life has been radically changed by Jesus, where you haven't experienced the grace of God, where you haven't experienced his forgiveness, I would just tell you this, don't give. When that offering bag comes by, nobody's watching you, don't give. Because we would rather you not give than to give for all the wrong reasons. But I would also tell you this, The opposite is also true. If you are in a relationship with God and you are not giving an amount that is meaningful or sacrificial or significant for where you're at financially, then I would challenge your perspective about that. Because giving is very much a part of the Christian life and it's one of those four areas where giving causes spiritual I want to be real careful not to misrepresent this point because I just want to tell you that at the end of this message, I'm not trying to get your money. We really don't care about your money. We care that you're growing spiritually. And that's really the important part because there are a lot of churches out there who've given this whole thing a bad name where they're trying to get your money and all of that. And in fact, Shelby and I went to a church a few weeks ago and the offering time came and we're grabbing money to put in the offering bag. Well, all of a sudden the deacons of the church line up down in the front And everybody has to go forward to give their offering. So you line up, you go down, and you're putting your offering in a bag while the deacon's watching how much you're giving. It was a little intimidating, I have to tell you. But it also worked because I gave more than I probably was going to give anyway. So maybe they're on to something. I don't know. But that is not what the Bible teaches. What you give is between you and and God. And so just to be very clear about this point, I'm going to say it, I'm going to put it on the screen. I want to make sure everybody gets it. The amount that we give is meaningless to God. He doesn't care whether you give 100 bucks or 100,000 bucks. He could care less. We could care less. He cares that the amount that we give is meaningful to you so that it stretches you, it challenges you, it causes you to let go of this world a little bit more and it causes you to grow in your faith. What the Bible teaches is that every time that we give, the more that we give, the more of this world we're able to let go of, the more we free up capacity of getting rid of the stuff of this world to free up capacity to bring in the stuff of God. The more we give away, the more freed up we are able to grow spiritually and to live the life that God has designed for us. And not to be driven by the superficiality of this world, but be driven by putting 
all of our treasure in heaven. Believe it or not, as we grow in our relationship with God, so does our desire to give. It's a condition of where we're at spiritually, not economically. We may not be at a place economically where we want to give, but I would direct you back to the widow's mite who gave all that she had, and Jesus said that was the most meaningful gift that was given on that day, this tiny little penny. But it was because she gave what she had that was meaningful for her. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so what the Bible is trying to get across is saying, hey, don't live your life for money. Don't live your life to be driven um, by the materialistic ways of this world. If you do, you will leave this world unfulfilled and unhappy because it will never, ever be enough. But if you can have the right view of money, it changes everything. It can actually create for you a sense of purpose and joy because you are cheerfully investing in things of heaven. So here's what we're asking you to do today. We're asking you to take the next step, whatever that looks like for you. And whether you've been a Christian for three months or 30 years, it doesn't matter. We're all in the same bucket. We all have to continue to grow spiritually. And I would just suggest that whatever of these four steps you think would be the most impactful for you, that would be the next step for you. Whatever one of these steps (laughs) makes you the most uncomfortable, that would be the step that could disrupt things in your life spiritually and cause you to grow spiritually. And so if it's giving that's maybe the most difficult, then experiment in giving an amount that is meaningful for you and see how that goes. And if it does really cause you to grow in your faith. And if it's serving, figure out a place where you can serve in a meaningful way where you feel like it's making a difference. And if it's getting grouped, like look for the opportunities that are available out there for groups. And if it's showing up to increase your commitment in a meaningful way to become part of Westridge and make church a part of your priority, make church a priority for you and your family. Scott's going to come up in a few minutes, and he's going to talk more about the possibilities of this. But whatever it is, I would just suggest this. Don't do nothing. Do something. However small, whatever it is, do something. Because I think that if you're here this morning, you have a desire to grow spiritually And in order to do that, we have to take steps to make that happen. Shelby and I went down to uh, Pazcuero, Mexico this last week, and we celebrated the Dia de Muertos uh, festival down there, which was a beautiful place in the middle of nowhere, Mexico. And the the incredible thing about that, and by the way, that translates to the Day of the Dead. And many Latino cultures uh, honor their family members who have gone on before them on this day. And there's this kind of dual meaning that's happening behind the meaning of this festivals where families will literally go to the cemeteries early in the day. They'll clean up the grave area and the tombstone. They'll decorate it with these beautiful golden flowers and um, candles. 
And then the family will just literally set up camp for the rest of the day and the night around the cemetery, around, around their person who's gone in their graveside. And they'll sit there and they'll reminisce about this person and how this person did this or that. And they'll laugh and they'll drink and have a good time and incorporate that person into this family event once a year. But what's really happening is there is a real understanding that death is very much a part of life. And so there's no better way of reminding us where we're going to end up by, than by spending a day in a cemetery. It gets really real when you're hanging out in a cemetery around people who have died that one day we too will die. So make the most out of your life. And the whole idea uh, behind it is that through the acknowledgement of death, there is a celebration of life and to realize just how precious life is that we have to live out every single day as if it's our last. I've been there in that moment when many people have moved from this side to the other side of life. And I've been there in the moment when I've talked to people about their regrets and the things that they wish they would have done in their lives, the lives they wish they would have lived. And I'll tell you this, none of them are ever talking about money, ever. None of them are ever saying they wish they like made more money or accumulated more or they were leaving more to their kids or like none of that. They're always talking about they wish their lives would have had more meaning, more purpose. And I've never heard one person say that they regretted giving their life to Jesus and living their lives following him. As I've said many times, you know, the older I get, the more sensitive I am to wasting my life on things that have no meaning because you start to get the feeling like you're running out of time, you know? And we just don't have time on this earth to be wasting our time on this earth. And the truth of the matter is, with every single passing year, you're going to give your life for something. And as you look back on 2022, what's it been about for you? What have you given this year for? So when you peel away all of the superficial layers of your life and you look down into the depths of who you are. What are you left with? What drives you every day? Where's your heart? And if you knew that Tonight was the night where your family would gather around your grave. What would you want them to know about you? How would you live differently? How would it change how you show up every single day? I would just encourage us all. Let's hold loosely to the stuff of this world so that we can hold on tight to the stuff of God.